0: This is Rugger Matrix America. Yes, hello and welcome to episode 36 of America's leading rugby show. Great program this one. Chiming in from Europe is Lou Stanfield. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Rugger Matrix America and uh, a special guest chiming in from uh, not on the home shores, on the shores of America
1: anyway, but this guy is Bruce McLean. How are you everybody? Welcome to the show. Yeah, we have a terrific show today with, with uh, Lewis Stanfill coming on and let's introduce Alex Goff from
2: Seattle. Hey, I, you know, I'm all sixty miles south of Seattle. It's like you know, it's saying you're in Philadelphia or something. But I, I, I'm very excited to have Lou on the the show. Uh, interviewed him uh, many, many years ago when he was still a kid. We'll talk about that. But excited, looking forward to it.
0: Well, Lou, welcome well, back to the show. What's happening? Yeah, good to be what's back. happening?
3: Thanks for having me again.
0: All right. Well, what's happening, mate? Um, you've been pretty busy and uh, overseas.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, this year has been uh, quite a globe-trotting year for me. Uh rugby's taken me from uh you know, uh the San Francisco Bay Area to uh uh to Australia and uh now I'm in Italy and uh, I even had an opportunity to go to uh the Philippines and play in a tennis tournament in Manila. So uh this year has been very interesting for me. And as far as rugby opportunity goes, it's been full of it and uh, uh I feel I've taken uh I've taken big leaps and bounds as far as uh, my rugby career goes.
1: That's terrific. I'm sure that the Philippines was only only consisted of going to a tens tournament as well. Louie, uh, you were recently named man, you were recently named man of the match for your club over in Italy, Mogliano, Mogliano. And you are playing number eight, a position you wanted to play for the New York Athletic Club, but selflessly you went into the five spot as we had no one. And, um, how is it going playing number eight and what are the differences between training and playing in Italy as to training and playing in America besides the horrible world uh, in America?
3: Well, um, uh, playing number eight in Italy, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been put into uh, situations where I come into these programs uh, that was similar to Australia and uh, a lot was expected of me and uh, it's a uh, it's it's a very strange feeling only because you know uh, I come into the US national team and uh, sure a lot is expected to you but you don't uh, exactly know what your place is in the in the team, you don't know whether or not you're going to start, and all you can do is work your work your hardest in order to earn that spot. And here it was sort of uh, they throw you into that spot and say, "Well, we're going to well, we're, you're going to start, and you better you play well for us." And uh, uh, and you know, to start off with the man of the match uh, performance in that first game, I think was a good high note to start off on, and uh, it's gotten me a, a fair bit of attention in the local newspaper. So. Uh, it's interesting. I go into the grocery store, and the grocers know who I am because they see me my face in the paper. But uh, it's been good. Uh, it's 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 whenever you have a uh, a decent number eight, but you know, good number eight only as good as your scrum goes. So uh, our our club is uh, fairly skilled in those areas, and it's uh, it's it's been going well.
2: Well, Lou, uh, this is Alex Goff, and it's great to have you here. Uh, you know, one, one of the things I remember about uh, from what I've heard from other players playing in Italy, uh, a great quote from Paul Emmerich was that nobody drinks coffee, but nobody ever seems to do anything faster. And I wondered if, uh, <laughs> you know, what you think about the, the pace of life there
3: uh it is a bit slower european culture is uh is uh is a bit different than american culture for about three hours in the day everything shuts down and people kind of uh seem to go on a little bit of a nap and uh you know it doesn't bother me at all i get my workouts done in the morning and then train in the evening so the the afternoon seems like a terrific time to, to catch a couple quick z's anyway um it's uh but i agree as far as uh the culture is concerned. Uh, the sporting culture, however, uh, Italians don't lack for hard work in the gym. Uh, they love their gym and they love uh, they love working hard in the gym.
1: And uh, uh, more or less, that transfers pretty well onto the rugby pitch. Do they work hard in the gym like the people on Jersey Shore? You know, where they got to oh. you know tan and what, what the hell do they do? They work out, they tan, and they do their laundry, and then uh, oh, Lord. or. They do real workouts. Dude, did you just
3: make a Jersey Shore reference on this. You should be ashamed of yourself, my friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I got. I got to do have a question because you did live with Angelo Malifa for like four months. Is the lifestyle and pace in the afternoon at at Seventy Eighth Street with Angelo Malifa slower or faster than it was in Italy? Or is it the uh, same? It's
3: about the same. It's about the same. <laughs>
1: so 100 percent asleep
3: <laughs> yeah 100 percent if uh if i'm not doing laundry i'm on my bed with my eyes closed
0: lou uh on the f- on the rugby paddock in the training do they live for the forward play uh, in italy
3: um uh you know it, it, it's it's very much like uh, the united states where different teams have different patterns of play and different styles uh but it seems they very much appreciate themselves a hard running forward. And uh, I think that's where, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of my bread and butter. That's all I really do. You get the ball in my hands, and I'm going to try my hardest to go forward. And, uh, and they very much respect and appreciate that. And, uh, you know, only being here for, shoot, a month already, um, uh, before the games, I'm told from, you know, the coaches, saying you got to get these guys going forward because they're going to follow someone else they don't want to uh uh no, no one wants to raise their hand this is what the coaches are saying i get a different vibe from it but they're they're pretty much telling me that you you got to take these guys forward you got to start off with the aggression because if you start it off and they'll follow but if you don't start it off then no one's going to want to follow so uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a mixture between forward play and back play, but uh, when it comes down to it, as long as you're aggressive, whether it be a forward or a back, that's what they live for.
1: Louie, I will say from a coaching standpoint that you are quite a gifted runner and you are quite an, an, an intense guy on the field, that I felt that when, we, when, we, when you were playing for us that it was critical that you got that you were able to get quality touches early in the game and, and you were able to get yourself into the game because I felt that if you were able to get yourself into the game and you were able to get yourself over the game line and you were able to get, I thought that the rest of our team also followed suit. So in fairness to that, to that coach, you, you are maybe a level above what you perhaps see yourself as. You are quite a good player and that aspect of play, especially in, in leading the pack from the front, I gotta say that I, I would have to say I agree with your coach on that front. But getting off of that subject a second, what's the difference between the intensity of the practice, maybe the lie, how much live play you do with practice, or how much physicality you have relative to the United States? Because I've heard that like Italy and Romania and some of the some of the countries over there, they 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 tend to play, and then France as well, they tend to play quite a bit of rugby and quite a bit of it is live
3: yeah we do do quite a bit of live drills uh the guys carry injuries so when we're short numbers they're smart enough to uh to adjust the uh the training regiment to uh not you know full full on live but rather a full live tackle scenario and then maybe uh no rock so it uh, it eliminates uh you know areas of concern where someone could uh could get you know a knee dropped on them or you know a knee taken out or you know blow out a shoulder trying to hurt someone and uh they, they 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 work on the areas that you know just the tackle so uh but yeah in general though it is a bit more physical here in the the training uh we actually this evening just got hit with a bomb our our coach uh resigned and we got a new coach uh so uh and the new coach i feel is a bit more uh, rugby savvy with his drills he knows more skillful drills and more applicable drills to to work on you know uh things like defensive uh defensive lines and communication on defense so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see going forward if he's going to have us smack each other around as much as the old coach did.
0: What was that like, Lou? What uh, do you know anything about it, or if you're just getting on with it, thinking, oh, it's Italy?
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's pretty much how it is. Uh, when we get together as a team and uh, they start speaking in Italian, uh, I, I, it's pretty much an opportunity for me to uh, to focus on what it is I need to do in that training or what it is I need to do in the game and uh sometimes i'll sit there and I'll, I'll listen to what they're saying and i'll try and pick up a thing or two maybe i'll be able to figure out what's going on but all in all uh it's 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 a pretty futile effort only because my italian isn't uh, isn't all that great it's coming along but it's not good enough to follow any sort of conversation um but uh, uh not, but do, not, evening, not during daylight hours strange.
0: anyway not during daylight hours, anyway. Yeah,
3: yeah it's funny. Well, I get I get a couple of beers, and me next thing you know, my Italian improves twofold. So,
2: that's, that's good. hey, Lou, uh, I was when when I found out that you were going to be on the show, I was thinking back to the fact that uh, I interviewed you back when you were with Jesuit. You came up to Olympia, Washington, to play a game, and uh, what what I remembered about that, apart from the fact that you were about three feet taller than me, was uh, that I got a letter sent to me after you guys left from a from a woman who's who, who was staying in the same hotel hotel as Jesuit, and they had uh, the kid had gotten on the elevator with you guys, and you had been really nice to the kid, you know, and talked to him and and you know ruffled his hair and you know made him feel really good, and the mom had sent a letter just <laughs> saying, you know, it's really great um, that that these young boys, you know, would. Would would be that way to my kid, and you know it's a great it's a great example of the kind of uh, uh, people rugby players can be, and 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 so uh, extending on that, there are two things. One is that I mean, are you conscious of being an ambassador for the sport? You know, you seem to have been conscious of that since you were a teenager, and on the other side, playing in Italy, are you conscious of being an ambassador for American players? Because again, you know, you come in, it always happens you' you 're the you're the American like you said everybody recognizes you in the grocery store, so if you 're a jerk or if you 're slack off or things like that, people all remember that and they 'll start writing you know american doesn 't care something like that so so it's two pronged are you an ambassador for the sport but also an ambassador for the united States
3: well, I'll answer that first with the uh, am I conscious about it and uh, you know uh it's not so much that I'm conscious about the fact that I am an ambassador of my country. I'm an ambassador of uh, USA Rugby. I'm an ambassador of, you know, University of California, Berkeley. I'm an ambassador of Jesuit Rugby. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's just my normal behavior, I think. You know, I was, uh, I was very much blessed uh, having fantastic parents who, you know, taught me, uh, uh, well, pretty much treat other people how you want to be treated and uh, to be respectful and, uh, uh, whether it's, you know, the fact that I'm a recognizable figure because I'm an athlete or, uh, you know, I, because, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a large individual, uh, it's just, it's just the way I hold myself and I try to be as prideful as I can in everything I do. And, uh you know uh, it's uh, it there, there's there, there's there's very few things that are better than hearing someone say a, a a genuine compliment about you it's not that that's what i'm looking for but uh, you know uh, if 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 my dec- if my good behavior and my good will is what brings that about then you know what then obviously something good is happening uh, most recently i uh, before i came to italy i i did some uh, motivational speaking in a uh, in a classroom in sacramento with uh, Children who uh, who have pretty much been pushed along by the school system because they've uh, they've failed classes each and every year, but they can't hold them back because um, it's uh, it's, uh, for one reason or another. It's a California school system. I don't know. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 something that I've kind of realized that uh, along with coaching youth rugby, which I did this past year, uh, that I I feel that I'm very gifted in is uh, just uh my ability to communicate with young children and uh and teenagers and to get the most out of them uh that they might have not known themselves. And so I think it's just more of an uh, a, a conscious effort to for me just to be the a, a good person that I can be, as good of a person as I can and and uh, you know, if uh if 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 doing that is being true to myself and which I know it is because I'm well, hell I'm doing it, um uh, then you know, obviously something's going right, and as long as I, I keep doing that uh, and I keep working hard, and uh, uh, good things should come my way.
1: You know. Well, Louis, I just wanted to I just wanted to ask you. It's got to be very exciting going up to the fall international season, and I, I believe you guys have a game against Georgia, a game against Portugal, a game against Scotland Day, and possibly a game against Saracens. What are you looking to get out of this fall tour with the team and I mean I don't know how much you've been following the, uh, the ARC, I, it's tough to follow because you can't watch it, you can talk to the guys but, or email them, that's about it, but I was just wondering what are you looking for personally out of it and from a team perspective?
3: Uh, personally, for my own uh, my own self, I am looking to uh, solidify myself in the USA team, and uh, uh, you know it's uh, it's something where I've been a part of the team since 2005. I've been through four different coaches. Uh, I've started and I've been benched almost by all those coaches, and uh, uh, you would think that uh, you know uh, if. if if history shows anything, that you know, I should be a part of it, but that's never the case. Is the moment I think that's the case is the moment that I'm gonna, not going to make this team. So uh, this fall tour for me is a big opportunity for me to go in there and really solidify my place in the team and make my uh, uh, my brand of rugby something that the coaches look at and say, we need that on the field. And it needs to be smart, and it needs to be aggressive, and it needs to be uh, something that pushes not only, only myself forward, and to playing uh, better rugby and quicker rugby, but pushes the guys around me forward. Because uh, if 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 I'm not uh, helping make guys around me better and more productive, then really uh, uh, there's going to be someone else that they're going to put in there that'll be able to get that job done. And if I can't do it, then by you know they, for by all means, yes, they're going to be able to find someone else that can. So for me, it's it's an opportunity to make my uh, to to make my brand of rugby something that you know. Uh, Dave Hodges, uh, Coach O'Sullivan, all of these guys say we need that on the field and we need you to keep producing this good style of rugby. Uh, as a team, it's very, very exciting for us. I feel that uh, with uh, with with Eddie as our coach, we have been moving forward each and every tour. Each and every tour, we get better. We understand our systems better. We, uh, we expand our game a little more and make it a little more uh, – uh, skillful with the forwards and a little more dynamic with the backs and our defensive systems with uh, coach Tolkien keep getting sharper and sharper and sharper and uh, uh, you know for for in, in my opinion this should this could be a tour where we go and we sweep all three games we should or possibly uh, well all, all three games that we have scheduled I don't know if we play against the Saracens or not But, and I don't know if we're going to have everyone for that game, but the games we play, we should go in there and we should play a brand of rugby that we are proud about. And that we come off the field saying, yes, there might've been a few mistakes in that game, but there's a few mistakes in every game. But one thing's for sure we kept with our systems and we kept what we know that works. And, uh, and, uh, we can move forward from this. This is not a step backwards. This is a, a step forward. And, uh, and with the world, upcoming World Cup coming up, uh, you know it's uh, it's a very exciting time for us. Uh, you know we got a lot of fantastic players. Uh, one th- thing I've certainly noticed is we got a lot of fantastic American-born players. Something that I-, I can see is a conscious effort by USA Rugby to not rely on foreigners to come in and save us that might qualify. But uh, but we have a lot of good players on the team, and we are certainly a tight-knit group of guys, a-, a bunch of guys that know we can trust each other and that we. We know that we're willing to work harder and uh, play better because we're 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 playing next to those individuals
1: and the group of as, as a team. Hey, Louie, you said that you you have it's a big tour for you personally. Now, I poss- possibly part of the reason you were dropped by other coaches is the fact that you're you are a tweener, meaning that you're just you're kind of a small second row and kind of a big you know flanker. Now, I I think that that you have great ability in the line out as a jumper and a lifter. I think that you've really improved your footwork in the back row and being able to, especially defensively off the base of the scrum. And now being that you're going to be more of an attacking option from eight, what areas of play have you worked on specifically and what areas of play are you looking to say that, Hey, I've improved on X, Y, and Z. Cause when you first started you, Hey, you were a tough kid, a rough guy, but maybe a little bit wooden. Then, not, Then I think you really became a, a really smooth lineout jumper, really smooth runner, and I, I think that you smoothed out a lot of the rough edges in your game. How are you gonna get out of that tweener thing and just say, "Hey, I'm either the starting back guy, or I'm gonna be, or I'm gonna be the guy who's the who is the starting back row who moves into the second row. I'm just gonna be a starting back row, and that's it. And you ain't taking me out of the, off the field." Um. Uh,
3: the areas I've I've consciously put a lot of effort into is uh, my footwork and my conditioning. Those are two things that I can never work enough on. Uh, you know, it uh, it's 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 always something that uh, you know, for some people, good footwork comes naturally. For me, it's not the case. Uh, my footwork is something that's a constant uh you know work in progress if i'm not working on it and it's not getting any better if it's not getting better it's getting worse uh so uh, i pay a lot of attention to that uh uh as far as uh, more technically uh in my game uh i'd have to say uh uh you know my my skills in the lineup are something i'm very proud about i i find myself to be a very competent jumper uh, but I find myself to be even a better lifter and a, and a and a smarter player as far as understanding what what lineouts we have, uh, what we're supposed to do, uh, and as as a lifter, I pride myself on getting the jumper as high as I can, and that means when I'm front lifting, I'm grabbing them at the knees, and when I'm back lifting, I'm grabbing them at the knees, and uh, I think these last uh, this last uh, summer tour we had was something that I really really worked hard on. Uh, but it always helps when you have a fantastic jumper like John Van Der Giesen, you know, uh, a guy who stays completely stiff in the air and you can you can lift him like a steel ladder and he's going to go up and he's going to stay tight. And he's not going to sit back on you. So uh, uh, that's one area that I think that they're going to look at and say uh, he's got to be on the field because he's he, he can we can put him anywhere in the line. Out. he knows the moves and he's going to execute. He's going he's not going to miss a lift. Um, as far as attacking goes, yeah, you know, I, I I feel that my ball running is something that uh, that should that should get recognition. Now that's never been a weak point of mine, but uh, like everything else, it's a, an area that needs constant improvement. Like if you're not getting if you're not getting better at it, you're getting worse. Is one thing I really uh, took away from Cal rugby is that uh, if you're not getting better as a team and if you're not getting better as an individual, uh, being stagnant is not an option. If you're if you're not going forward. Uh, Than everyone else is, which means you're going backwards. So, uh, um, uh, in my in my ball running, it's something I've always I always work on. I always work harder on uh, dropping my body height. You know, it's a it's it, it's a skill to have a a, a potent fend and an accurate fend, and that's something that I got I, I work on uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and then defensively, tackling. You know, it's a, it's a part of footwork as well. Is uh, you got to be a potent, like you got to be an effective tackler. It's not okay to have, you know, three missed tackles in a game. Because coaches, especially on the USA team, when we code everything, everything in those games is noticed, and it's it's those stats are written down. And if you have if you have three missed tackles and two of them are are soft, then uh, you're going to be able to notice that. Um, And my body height in the tackle is also something that. uh, that I, 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 I've been focusing a lot on. When I, when, when I catch people high, you're not able to drive through them. When, you get, when, I, when I work harder on lowering my chest and, 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 and really bringing my feet and, and driving my legs, then you get more positive grade tackles. And these are all things that I think about on a day-to-day basis whenever I go into training or whenever we do certain drills is you have to think about these things because then you actually work on them. Because if you just don't think about them, then, uh, then uh, th- they're not going to get any attention. And so uh, it's something my dad told me. Like if you want to do something and you want to be good at it, you've got to think about it. The part that he always told me was you've got to think quick to be quick. So if I'm thinking about moving my feet, my feet are going to move.
2: Well, Lou, one of the other th- aspects of your play – that i think everybody who watched the usa play this last churchill cup is also that, that you're i mean you, you gutted out and that game against france a you you messed up your ankle pretty good early in the game and it was actually a little bit kind of amusing to watch you when the when the trainers went out because clearly they wanted to take you off and clearly you told them exactly where to stick it and you weren't going anywhere <laughs> and you know you you talk about uh, all the different coaches you've had and every time a new coach comes in you got to show them something right and and certainly you showed Eddie O'Sullivan something right there that you were you were going to put everything you had into playing um tell me a little bit about that injury how much it hurt and uh and also the, the gritty side of it, especially, you know, you're supposed to be a softy from Cal, right? And yet you're one of the toughest guys on the team.
3: Yeah, well, you know, those uh, – well, let's start with the injury. Um, yeah, I, 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 I took the ball into some contact and uh, I went with the momentum spinning me around. And when I came down, I landed right on my ankle and uh, I messed it up pretty good. Uh, it, was, it was pretty big after that game. But uh, uh, you know what it – comes down to it, you either, uh, you either, you know, one of my favorite quotes in any movie, uh, it's kind of cheesy, but it's from uh, Rocky, the last one, and uh, it's when he's talking to his son and he says, it's not how hard you hit or how hard you get hit, It's, it's whether you get up and you keep moving forward. And so uh, that was one of the things I was going through my head is, yeah, you know, like, this hurts like hell. And this is uh, this is certainly something that like, I could come out of the game and people will understand and look at you and say, yep, that's a screwed up ankle. It's a good thing you came off. Or I could tell them to tape it up as good as I can. I can keep playing and uh, I, I can keep doing everything I, I do as, as well as I can do it. And I know I can keep playing. So uh, it was something that I was. I was personally satisfied that I was able to gut it out. Um, you know, uh, if, if if the coaches notice that, uh, I'm very happy for it. Uh, if, if if they kind of just saw it and just said, "Oh well, you know, he's a he's a tough guy," uh, but you know, we need more skilled people. Then you know, that's also the other end of it. Um, but uh, it was certainly something that affected me when I went back down to Australia. The physios took a look at me and they said, "Yeah, you shouldn't be playing for the next four weeks." But uh, unfortunately, due to contractual ob- obligations, I pretty much uh, did the wrong decision and kept playing on it, and it got worse. But uh, now uh, I am uh, I'm all better, and uh, the ankle's fine, and uh, moving forward with it. And uh, on the the comment about being a softy from Cal, you know, uh,
2: <laughs> that's a joke. You really uh, that's just what people
3: say <laughs> when uh, they look. That that that's that's something people say when they. Uh, uh, when 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 they see people who have more opportunity than them and Cal, uh, they're very like you know. Right now we're going through a hard time with our program being demoted from varsity status, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we are we're a very privileged group of guys. But uh, we understand that we're privileged, and the reason that we are privileged is because guys who have worked before us have worked hard to get us to that spot, and it's up to us to keep working hard to keep us at that uh, at that pinnacle as a Uh, as a bright and shining program on campus. And uh, uh, people think that Cal guys might be soft because they get the medical attention, they get this, they get that, they get the other. But, uh, you know, people work hard in order to get to those positions. And the people that get those positions, uh, you know, a a position to be a Cal rugby player or a position to be a a graduate from Cal or a position to be a a USA player who used to go to Cal – you know, they they, they 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 clearly have worked hard for what they what they have gotten and uh uh whether or not they want to call me a softie from Cal, that's fine. I'll just keep playing. That's all it comes down to.
0: Hey, We certainly don't think you're a softie here, Lou. What about your just talk us through the experience in Australia this year. What what was the reasoning and um benefits, if any?
3: Well, um Australia was a bit of a double edged sword for me. Uh, I, when I went and played in the Manila Tens tournament, uh, uh, on our team was Jeremy Paul and Joe Roth, two legendary ex wallabies, both of which <laughs> won a world cup and, uh, played on the Brumbies and very big names in Australia. And, uh, they saw me play because they were on my team. They mate, what are you doing playing in the United States? And I said, waiting for one of you guys to give me an opportunity <laughs> to tell me to come down to Australia. And, uh, and so that's how it started, and they set me up with a club in Canberra. Canberra is a uh, is in an the ACT, and it's, uh, it's a it's a decent rugby area. Um, uh, the club I was with at the beginning I felt was like it was a great opportunity, so I was very positive about it. Uh, slowly but surely, though, it uh, started becoming clear that it was not as positive as it, it should have been. Benefits that came from it, um, lessons learned, you know. Uh, uh, there's, there's negatives out of a lot of things you do and there's positives out of a lot of things but from the negative things you can always get a positive because you can always learn from it and uh, as a rugby player you know, traveling the world and trying to make the best out of my game and the best out of myself and trying to get as far as I can uh, it's those lessons learned that will make me a better man and make me a better person so was I happy that uh, I went down there? Uh, that's a mixed feeling uh, did I learn a lot from it? Most certainly.
0: All right. It would have been good to see you involved in the Sydney Premiership, uh, maybe with a team like Sydney University, which is truly like a Super Rugby team.
3: Yes. Yeah. No. I've I, I, I've I've heard quite the stories about uh, club rugby in Sydney, and it's not very club at all. It's actually quite professional. And uh, yeah, you know, if I ever got the opportunity to play in Sydney, I, I,
0: it'd be very hard to turn that down. There you go. We're advertising it right now on Rugger Matrix America, and they do have a fair audience. If Sydney
3: wants me to come down, just give me a ring.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what
0: do you reckon, Bruce? They should give him a call.
1: Yeah, I, I I'll tell you right now. I, I, told Ben Darwin they should give him a call down at the Rebels. Uh, yeah, I think that, maybe I maybe think he could fill
0: I, Danny Cipriani's role.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> anybody could fill Danny Cipriani's role right now. You could fill it. <laughs> I, I, w- I will say. Um, <laughs> I will say, Louis, uh you you would be you would be awesome in the Sydney. You'd be awesome in any competition. I, I I am a big buyer on the uh on Lou Stanfield, that's for sure. Um You spoke a lot about family today and you know and, and I was I was gonna make a joke that you're probably the only six foot four, two hundred and forty pound animal in international rugby whose mother could take him into a back alley and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> and because she, she is a, a relatively tough, uh, retired California policewoman. And your father was part of a very famous and, and very violent event in the Sacramento hostage crisis at the Good Guys Electronics Store. When you were a little kid, you were probably five or six years old at the time. And uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about that, because you do have a very interesting family, and part of your toughness... And part of your character stems from your father and your brother. Your father, your mother, and your your parents and your brother.
3: Yeah, well, I was going to say, to start off with, one of the individuals who's uh, most responsible for uh, me being as great as I, or trying to be as great as I can be, is my brother. And uh, my brother, (laughs) I can't tell you, it's a typical older, younger brother thing. He kicked my butt in every single sport from uh the time we were little to he'd probably still kick my butt in every sport now uh my brother was an incredibly gifted athlete uh one thing that i had over him when we were younger is i was always a bit more aggressive uh my brother my brother's aggressive side didn't start flourishing until he was about a senior in high school and that's when he started playing rugby and uh he then went to cal and he did well and unfortunately um you know, injuries happen, and my brother blew out his ACL and tore a fair bit of his meniscus, and uh, it never really uh, it never really healed after that, and it, and his knee has not been the same, and it's a shame because he was he was an incredible rugby player. My father, uh, yeah, back in 1991, the largest hostage situation in the United States: uh, four Vietnamese fellows took over a good guys with a number of a uh, uh, number of uh, uh, demands. And uh, the Good Guys was a part of a strip mall, so my father, who was a part of the SWAT team at that time, uh, he entered through the they entered through the ventilation ducts. And uh, my dad's my size, so you can imagine a man about six four, two forty, crawling through some uh, AC ducts. And uh, it was a very stressful time for him. He obviously tells the story much better than I do. But um, they were sitting in the uh, equ- or the uh, storage room of the Good Guys. Uh, waiting for the you know the green light to go in and they got it three separate times or for three hours and finally on the third one uh well they started wasting hostages they started shooting them i think they shot about eight or ten and killed i think three or four and uh uh after the three hour mark they got the third green light and they entered and uh, uh shots were fired a sniper took out the guy at the front and, and uh my dad uh, my dad was uh, uh, credited with uh, the fatal wounds of uh, all three guys he uh, they were obviously peppered with shots so they were uh, absolutely bulleted up but they said that the bullets that came out of my dad's gun were the fatal the fatal shots on these three guys and uh, you know it's a it's a it's a it's a story that my dad tells and he gets a he gets a little emotional and he gets a, a little prideful but it's also something that you know you uh, You know, he, uh, something he lives with, but you know, he did it in the name of the law and he did it, uh, he, he, he did it to save people's lives. And so he's very proud of what he did. Um, that, that was, uh, that's always an interesting story for him to tell after we have a couple of beers. Um, Deb and my mother, my mother, on the other hand, uh, she hasn't been involved in anything like that. She was a California highway patrolman. But, uh, one of the, one of the coolest stories I could tell about my mother is, uh, she was wrestling a guy on the freeway her and her partner uh this guy was high on pcp which uh as you know can turn you into a superhuman your your nervous system stops working but so you don't feel pain and uh they're wrestling in what's called a gore point and the gore point is the area on the freeway that uh that separates an on-ramp or off-ramp from the actual freeway and uh I don't know how it happened, but a car swerved and ran her over, and all she came out with was two two sprained ankles. And they were and they were able to arrest the uh, arrest the perpetrator as well.
0: <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. You got a lot that's, to live up. A, you got a lot to imagine, live up to. <laughs>
2: can you imagine the ticket that guy got for? <laughs> 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 Come on. <laughs> uh, great, great
0: stories, uh, Bruce. It's interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I do recall the incident. Um, where Lou's father was involved it's quite a famous and, and, and a watershed moment in tactical, tactical response it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing to see that linkage there with Lou and his family
1: yeah, it actually is it's very amazing and and you could actually see it on YouTube and as a as a uh, as a newsman in Australia it'd probably be quite interesting it was it was uh it's very it's it, Louie did not do the violence of the situation justice I mean it was insanity the amount of machine gun fire and 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 rapid fire there I mean it must have been one of the scary you know it's it's one thing to talk about it's another thing to be in there and know that hey man you are. You know, anything can happen, and, and you're one mistake away from being being uh, being six feet under. Hey, Bruce, but, uh,
0: we uh, have to wrap this up. So if you've just got a final yeah. word for us with uh, Lou, and we can let him get prepared for his espresso.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. pretty late, Will, is. Hey, Lou, thanks a lot for being yes. on the show. It's always a pleasure, my friend. If you have a final oh, word oh, for us, I'll take it. Always a pleasure
3: being on the show. Thank you very much for having me, guys.
0: Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou. And I'll Thanks, work Liam. on that contract with the Rebels for you.
3: I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Just let them know I've got to fulfill my contractual obligations with Moliano Rugby first.
0: Okay, yeah, will do. And uh, you can play six and, uh, sorry, you can, you can play 10 and 12 occasionally if you need.
3: <laughs> if, if need be, I suppose. <laughs> he prefers to when it's second phase. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, with second phase. I don't know if you guys saw that France game. I put a kick in that game too, and it wasn't half that bad <laughs> of a kick.
0: <laughs> hey, did you see the one that Victor Matfield did in the Tri Nations? It's uh, you know we need more of it. <laughs>
1: hey hey Bronco, exactly. I will I will, still, I will leave you one thing about yep. about Louis and his brother. When Mike and I were in San Diego at the uh, Mike and I were at San Diego at the um, at at an Eagle event, and and Louis and his brother were there. His brother took a rugby ball, which is quite big compared to a football. And he threw it about 55 or 60 yards in the air to a guy in a dead run. And Talks and I just looked at each other like, is he kidding me? That is an NFL arm. It was the most unbelievable. And he just did it matter-of-factly. This, it was nothing like he wasn't really trying. He didn't run up. It was a one-step-and-throw. And, and Louie, I know that you would air, and you could attest to this. He had a rifle for, a, for an arm. Oh. He, you
3: know, my brother, my, my brother, my brother's got a cannon for that. went some little back back in high school, but uh, you know he was uh, because he was uh, a bit larger. The coach never really uh, gave him an opportunity, but he uh, he has got a cannon that's for sure.
0: All right, Bruce has got a cannon too, but it's not his arm. All right, Lou, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> All right, Lou, thanks very much. Uh, enjoy your time in Italy because it's a wonderful place and at least you're in a place where you can get a decent coffee.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. As soon as I figure out how to work my, my mocha, the coffee yeah. thing.
0: <laughs>
3: get <getting laughs> grinds in my coffee. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you've got plenty of time to work on that in the, um, when you're trying to work out Italian. All right, Lou, Lou Sanfield, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, always a special guest on Rugger Matrix America, and good luck. And uh, we will speak to you very soon again, hopefully.
3: Right on. Very much appreciated.
0: There he is, Lou. And Alex, thank you for joining us on the West Coast. Thank you.
2: Yeah, you you know, I'm really excited to talk to Lou. And I I remember asking him after uh, USA played Tonga in the World Cup this last time and and lost and and didn't play very well. And I was asking uh, him, you know, do you think you played well enough to win? Expecting him to say... Yes, because, you know, we did our things. And he just, this is typ- typ- typical Lou. He said, We didn't win, so no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly what he's like, is, you know, just, just yep. very, very direct. Is, uh, you know, did you play well enough to win? Did we mm-hmm. win? No. So no, we didn't play well enough to no. win. Quote,
0: end quote. Uh, and Bruce, uh, thanks, Alex, and uh, we'll check in with you next week. And Bruce McLean uh, from New York City, uh, thanks once again, my good friend. And, um,
1: uh, I hope you have a good week yeah I hope to have a good week too and Louie anytime you want to come back to the NYAC I know that we were talking about it and then Italy, Italy popped up you know you're more than welcome to join us
3: <laughs> well Bruce you know that you'll be getting that call as soon as my professional opportunities start to dry up a little bit as long as I got get room in your house for me <laughs> All right. (laughs) And the silence
1: kicks in. (laughs) Yeah, I know. My wife's already been through that one.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, um, Had to be there, I think the line goes. And uh, almost time to go. Alex almost forgot. uh, There were a couple other things we had to tidy up. Fire away.
2: Well, yeah, we have a little thing coming up in a few months called the USA 7s in Las Mm -hmm. Vegas. Got to be there. It's written. You really have to be there, but I I, I think the, for people who aren't really sure about it, the thing is we we don't get a lot of international rugby in the United States, and yeah, the Eagles have been playing locally, and and we did get the Churchill Cup, but the thing is about the USA Sevens is you get 16 of the top nations in the world playing sevens. In this tournament, you get to see some of these incredible stars, and you know, seeing uh, Michaeli Pesamino play for Samoa is something that you, you you tell your kids about because the guy is an, is a special athlete. You remember seeing him perform, so you go out mm-hmm. there. And the other thing about it is, for anyone who has you know, if you're lukewarm about sevens, that's fine. I understand that, but it, it's not the same on television as it is in person. And I've been to every single one of these things, and the the, the speed of the play and the, athletic, the athleticism and the physicality when you're there watching it is really astounding. And that, that's what's always struck me is that you know, I'm supposed to be jaded about this stuff. I've been to a lot of international uh, rugby events, but I still get really excited about this tournament. And I still get really excited about just the beauty of the play that you see out there. I think sevens has come a long way, actually.
0: It's uh, not just a game for the fast men. Tactics are, m- are more important than ever. So it's really evolved. And um, I know not many people in the States would even be aware of this, but the Commonwealth Games, a hangover from the British Empire, has just completed uh, a a two-week run in Delhi, New Delhi, India. And part of that was the Sevens competition. And it was pretty boring for most of it until the Sevens kicked into gear and then the whole rugby community on Twitter got fired up. And if you happened to catch that, that was a great example of it. There's also a, a, a unique atmosphere that Sevens brings to any sort of uh, gathering, and and it's just amazing. Like the Hong Kong Sevens, long seen as the primo event, uh, is all about atmosphere,
2: and, and almost the
0: really- rugby second
2: it 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 really is and the thing is you go and you know you watch a few games and you say okay i 't want i, I don 't really have to see the next one i 'm going to go get myself something to eat i 'm going to get a beer or something and you 're standing in line with you know a group of guys from Argentina and a group of guys from Kenya and a group of guys from samoa and the, and, and i shouldn 't say guys men and women <laughs> everybody you know moms they're all there but it really is a great celebration of what what's so great about the sport because there are people from all over the world and they're all having a great time and they're all sort of celebrating the game as well as i mean yes there's a winner but everyone's sort of cheering about it. And really, people are really great about the United States as well because they, uh, you know, they're here in the United States watching this tournament. And so they're sort of pulling for the home team as well. And a lot of the people there are, are American residents who, who are also talking about the, the country from back home. So the, the, Yeah, the atmosphere is just tremendous. And, it, and, it's, and it's such a party. And then, of course, you, you put that in the middle of Las Vegas. And the atmosphere everywhere you go. Is they, they lit up all of Fremont Street with those screens that go that's a roof above Fremont Street they they lit that oh, up yes, yeah. with rugby yeah it was just beautiful now the the other thing that's going on Juro leading up to that is the Las Vegas Invitational what they've done is they've they've created this rugby tournament so if you want to go play rugby and in m- most Americans they go play rugby and you know that so they they, they want to go and play and and also watch and so the the Las Vegas Invitational is for that there're over 50 teams probably over 70 going to be there either playing 15s or 7s and so there's there are 15s challenge matches between clubs and between colleges which are really great and exciting there's also 7s being played there there's a women's international 7s that has a final in the stadium there's an international elite 7s tournament that has a whole bunch of national teams there like Mexico and Russia and Jamaica so you you get to see international stuff as well, and then there's also the CCS, which is the Club Championship Series, which had the, has the final in the stadium. And last year, the final, which was played in between in between all these other games, did not look out of place. It wasn't like you say, "Oh, I can't believe these these slow, uh, you know, unsophisticated club guys are playing." It, it, this was really impressive stuff to put right in the middle of of the internationals as well. So that you've got you've got rugby from Thursday all the way through Sunday. Uh, it, it, it's it's not to be missed. Sounds fantastic. All right, Alex, thanks for that rap, and uh, you've got to
0: be there. All the details dot rugbymag.com, of course. That is it for our show this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, apologies for the international program. Uh, been offline for the last two weeks. The co-hosts are on uh, assignment, so we'll, we'll be chomping at the bit for next week's show. That's Rugger Matrix International back next week. But in the meantime, check out RugbyMag.com for your latest episode on Rugger Matrix America. Speak to you next week. Thanks, Alex. Thanks a lot.